Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Commitment Matters. Our guest today is Erica Meyer, who is the owner and publisher of October Research. Chances are that one of her publications is required reading for you. Perhaps it's the title report or the legal description. I know they're required reading for me. And since the day this episode drops coincides with the kickoff of the 2021 NS3 conference, we thought it would be good to check in with Erica on the topics she has in focus, both for the conference and in the weeks and months ahead. As usual here at the podcast, we cover a wide variety of timely topics in this episode, including challenges agents face running their business, or even just keeping up with it right now, different matters pertaining to state regulations, cannabis, mergers and acquisitions, cybersecurity and data privacy. And one notable addition to this year's NS3 conference is a Women in Business Forum. I'm looking forward to that event, and I'm cheering Erica and her team on in their goal of providing an ongoing supportive environment for women in our industry to collaborate and learn from each other's experiences. Erica actually chose this industry as her home in 2011 and brings a unique business perspective based on her background in the online business unit at Sears Holdings Corporate. And she also spent over 10 years with UPS in sales management, technology, revenue management, and marketing. But you can tell by the way her face lights up when she sees someone from our industry. She likes us. She really, really likes us. And we like her too. So please enjoy my conversation with Erica Meyer. Erica. Welcome to Commitment Matters. We're glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, if I've done my math right, and if my memory serves, is this your 10th year in the industry? Yes, it is. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) That's right. So you were not in the real estate arena before you came in 10 years ago. So what was the biggest surprise for you about this industry when you got here? What a close knit group the industry is. While they compete on deals, when they come together, it's a big family and people help one another and work together. There's nothing better than coming into an industry that supports one another and just good people. Yeah. Aren't they the best? It has been fun. You make friends. Yes, exactly right. Yes. So the learning curve was probably interesting and you came in during an interesting time. So did it feel like a little bit of baptism by fire? Yes, it was. I sat down and I pulled out my old closing documents from homes I've bought and sold and refinanced and said, oh, these are the HUD forms and here's the lines that we're looking at. And, you know, I spent some time researching and looking at the papers to freshen up, but it's been a heck of a road, exciting 10 years. There's been a lot happening. You know, it was exciting with TRID coming through, that the world was coming to an end and we all survived. We did. Yeah, so you mentioned there's been a lot of change during your tenure, and Lord knows we've all experienced that together, but has there been a through line or a constant that you've seen sort of weave through this, or has it just been sort of a random series of events? There's always been challenges. Technology has been in the forefront. The adoption of technology, there was a lot of hesitation early on, and I think we've overcome that hurdle. And now people are more open to what is the latest and greatest, how can I stay a step ahead versus do I really have to make this change? And what is it gonna cause me internally, the pain points? Yes, there's a cost, but I think people realize the efficiency that comes with the technology tools that are there as well. And really the focus on the consumer. And you know, you're seeing that today of, of more what 
is the consumer looking for? How can I make it easier for them? And while COVID has been a difficult environment for us, it's also forced a lot of positive change for the industry. A lot of rethinking about what good service might mean over time. It might be a little bit different model than you had it constructed in your mind previously, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, we are recording this days away from the kickoff of your NS3 conference, which is a must attend for me every year. It's such a unique experience in how you get folks from lending and compliance and title settlement and regulators all together for a great series of discussions. So since this episode drops on the opening day of NS3, give folks a little bit of a preview about what sorts of things you're going to be covering and holding discussions on next week in Naples. We have two tracks and it's really focused on innovation and compliance. And as you mentioned, we have really evolved NS3 into that place that brings everybody together in that real estate transaction. It's not one piece of the puzzle. So it's a lot of working together how one change impacts everybody else. It's about putting people across the real estate transaction on stage together, working together and having that collaboration. You know, when we bring in technology tools, the compliance experts that we're bringing in, when we have Brian Montgomery and Kathy Craninger coming in to speak with us and Gino Blafari and Stanley Middleman of Home Services and Freedom Mortgage as the keynote speakers. It brings a variety of topics to the table to help the industry to make sure we're ready for today and planning efficiently and effectively for the future as well. That's great. Still record-breaking year for attendance. And we haven't seen each other for a while, so we're super all excited to all be together again. Yes, yes, it's going to be great to have everybody there. And, you know, we've got uh, over 60 speakers and 70 exhibitors this year. So it's going to be a lot of solution providers there providing the industry tools. It's as much about the education piece as getting out there and taking the time with the exhibitors to learn the latest and greatest tools that are there to implement within your business. I think that's part of the reason that NS3 is so unique. Oftentimes, it's not uncommon to have a group of title settlement people together in a room or a group of lenders together in a room and certainly even a group of regulators in the room. And everybody always states their position really well and their possibilities, their parameters, their limitations. And inevitably, it seems that the limitations from their perspective lie within one of the other stakeholder groups. And so any forward movement conversation often can only go so far. And then it gets tabled because we're limited on this because of what the other stakeholders do. So when all the other stakeholders are right there together in a room, you don't hit that inevitable stop point. You can just pitch it back to somebody else. So, well, you know, so-and-so in the lending community, this is, this is the water's edge for us here. What do you think about that? And lead to a lot more productive things. Have you found that in your experience? Absolutely. The creativity that comes out of being able to sit at the table and have those conversations with everybody. It just, it keeps the progress going as well Mm -hmm. to move forward. It's so much easier to, instead of just hearing say from the title and settlement community, this is a full stop, we can't do this. In these conversations, someone from outside the industry can say, well, why is that? Because it looks arbitrary or just like some limitation. And then when we're able to explain, well, that is because of X, Y, or Z, then you can start to find other avenues to make accommodations. But without that dialogue and with why being such an important question, 
it's almost never because we said so. There's usually some good fundamental reason behind it. And so those are the conversations that I love having in industry. I love seeing them on the stage. I love having them in the hallway at the after hours events. Everyone always leaves feeling so much more connected, which is an important engine for evolving together in, in this space. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why we love the regulator panel, because as they're coming up with regulation, this allows the industry an opportunity to share their perspective on the regulations that are coming out, things that they're considering. So they understand what we do day to day and what the impact could be on the title agent of what's coming down. And the state regulators that are on site want to hear from the industry. They're open to ideas and and understanding how they can work with us. Well, that's always a fascinating group to talk with because yes, we're getting a view into what their mindset is. And if you have regulators from different states, often they are communicating with one another and they're moving from a piece of misinformation or a place of confusion that can impact several of us to hear what they're thinking, answer questions, bring up some alternative points. It really starts to help people understand how to craft their business for the regulations of today and where the regulations of tomorrow might be going. When you can eavesdrop on those conversations, you can understand, again, my favorite question, why? Why are certain things important to the regulators and what do they need to know from us in order to get something that's workable and cohesive together in the marketplace? You focus a lot about helping title agents running their business. Talk about some of the sessions you have geared to that. There's quite a few on sales opportunities and getting new business and different ways of positioning yourselves in the marketplace. There are, again, technologies, tools. We have a lot of sessions involved with that. The compliance sessions are just as important on staying in compliance, making sure you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's. So a lot in store, definitely sprinkling in some different sessions on how to help grow your business. Good. Speaking of growing, you have a session on cannabis. Such a huge issue because the state's coming online with that for either medical only or skipping straight from no allowance to medical and recreational. That's moving so quickly. It's moving more quickly than almost any other issue right now. And there's a lot of confusion in the real estate space about how these people can and cannot be banked, how the transactions can and cannot go, who will and cannot insure these transactions. Whether it's legal today in your state, we're seeing it go to the ballot and seeing things comparatively fast tracking through the state. I'm glad you're taking a a big look and another discussion at that. It's just understanding what's out there today, what's coming, understanding the current environment, because it is coming at us fast and furious with the way that things are changing across the country. So looking forward to that session with Mr. Bromhaw and Art Davis. So these are guys that have gone before. They're active in the world of cannabis. (laughs) They might not prefer me to say it that way, but (laughs) they have some lessons learned, I'm guessing. Yes. I'm excited to talk with you about this and experience this. You're also featuring the topic of women in leadership in the title industry. I know that this topic runs very close to your heart and mine as well, but why did you decide to focus on this? Why the round table? How did this get in and and what are you looking for out of it? Well, you know, I think as a, a small business owner, we looked around and there's not a whole lot of support at the industry level today 
I had the opportunity to attend some courses that I've invested in myself from an education standpoint outside of the industry and looking at that and realize there's a niche that is not currently being fulfilled today. So talking to some of the business owners at NS3 in 2019, the last time we were live, they were definitely interested in this opportunity to put some of those difficult topics into discussion and supporting one another because this industry is made up of a lot of females and we have the opportunity to go out, support one another, address different things and educate those that are willing to invest in themselves and want to develop on their own outside of the business world creating your own brand. I've read the book Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Absolutely love it. I give this book to all of the high school students. That's a graduation gift. And it inspired me. And it's one that I look back and said, I would have had this when I was younger. I would have sat at that head table more often instead of sitting around the back. So that's the empowerment that we're trying to bring to the conference this year and create a forum for discussion and potentially roll this into something we host more frequently, maybe on a quarterly basis and establish a program based on what everybody's looking for. That is super exciting. I hope people are able to take part in that. What do you think some of the barriers have been to women taking that seat at the table or being offered the seat at the table. And you might have some comments about waiting to be offered the seat at the table too. But what are some unique circumstances that women deal with that maybe their male counterparts don't? Well, I think work-life balance, having a family is a challenge that we all face in finding that balance. And I think it's overcoming ourselves and our own fears and not being forward enough. I consider myself a pretty forward person, but we have to move forward and ask for what we want, let people know what we want. And it's uncomfortable for us as women to be more aggressive in that conversation and making it clear to people what we want to accomplish, where we see our career going, what our goals are. And men are comfortable with that conversation. You don't get what you don't ask for. So it's getting comfortable with those uncomfortable conversations and practicing them so that when you are put in that environment and that opportunity presents itself, that we take full advantage of that opportunity. As my career matures, I have seen that women are more likely when they see an opportunity, whether it's a position posting or you know hear about something, to say, oh, I'm not qualified for that today where the risk of overgeneralization, a male is more likely to say, well, no, I'm not qualified for that today, but I can learn it. I have a good mind and I will get in there to put themselves forward. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Absolutely. We assume that people know what we want. My husband tells me that on a regular basis. I'm not a mind reader. We have to remind ourselves of that and make it known and have more confidence in ourselves and support one another those of us that are in leadership and no matter where we are within the organization we just need to support one another and that doesn't always happen in a a female environment with one another so taking somebody under your wing feels good when they move on as in the industry networking in 
using that network for mutual benefit is so critical. And I think a lot of times as women, especially if you're very operationally minded, you can just sort of get in the yoke of doing everything day to day, figuring it out for yourself instead of reaching out to those people that you may know or may be able to develop some sort of reciprocity for an exchange of of information and ideas. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. And I have men and women that have mentored me since coming into the industry. It's having some of both and having that nice balance of, you know, there's lots of people out there that are willing to help take you under your wings, especially in this industry. We just have to ask for that and pick up the phone and take the time to make that phone call. I completely agree. Well, you mentioned work-life balance. I wanted to talk about some of the woes that people out producing in agencies are experiencing right now. The two I hear about the most frequently are we can't find anybody to hire, and this has been going on so long now, this marathon at a sprint pace, that the fatigue level and the frustration level is so high. Is that what you're hearing? Give us some feedback from that perspective of of what you're hearing from readers and and industry participants. Yeah, it's a difficult time right now. And people work so hard with this COVID environment and everybody moving to a remote environment that people were going above and beyond to prove that I can still be successful in this environment. And it is catching up with the industry. And, you know, I'm trying to fill positions and we can't get resumes. You're posting jobs and you might've gotten 75 resumes in the past. Now you might get five. We're in a difficult time right now, trying to get everybody motivated to get back into the workforce. The jobs are there. We need people. It's forcing creativity and causing us to think outside the box of where can we bring in new people, not just sharing amongst the industry. Where can we bring in some fresh, people, fresh perspectives in to help alleviate some of that extra work that we're doing because the industry has been working hard. The market, the low interest rates, and it's working hard to get every single transaction that we can get with the inventory that's out there. So we need bodies. We need a way of attracting new people to our industry. And I think once we let the outside world know what a great industry this is, I think it will be contagious. We just have to get away from all of our acronyms and put the positive spin on all of the philanthropic things that the industry does, the support for one another. We have to think about how to share that message. Yeah, and attract new people to it. Well, and it's hard to do. If if you do get somebody to come into your agency for an interview and they see three closers in tears and... (laughs) stacks and stacks of orders waiting. It can be a bit of a chicken and an egg problem, can't it? Oh, yes. It's Everybody's trying to get a drink of water from a fire hydrant right now. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. With regard to independent agencies, you know, we're starting to hear about this prolonged market and other factors causing perhaps some retirement sooner than planned. We're seeing a pretty decent acquisition clip Um, from your perspective, which is sort of sitting atop across all the industries and looking out. What are your thoughts about that? Do you see that continuing and speeding up or staying about the same, dropping off? What do you think there? I think the consolidations will continue. We're continually writing about the M&A deals. Everybody's looking to be that one-stop shop for the industry. But as consolidations happen, you still have 
people that are interested in creating a new opportunity, a new technology, a new spin on things, enhancing software tools that are out there. And, you know, we've got a bunch of new companies that are going to be at NS3 this year. A lot of these folks were people that left one company and started something new. So while there's consolidation, there's lots of new opportunities. And, you know, one of the things that I think we need to keep an eye on is the longevity of the mom and pop businesses in the industry. And if they decide that they're not interested in the consolidation to ensure that they are optimizing the technology to remain competitive with what's going on. But I think the M&A deals will continue. Money's cheap right now. (laughs) You can get a loan. They're basically giving away free money at this point in time. So until that changes, I think we'll continue seeing that. There's a lot of outside venture capital money coming into the industry. Everybody wants a piece of the real estate right now. Everybody does when it's going hanging fire, but when it, when it turns back off again or slows down a trickle, then they'll all find other hobbies, won't they? Mm-hmm. Do you have any topics there that are trending or that you have special curiosity about at this point? One I'm sure you've been keeping an eye on, especially more recently, has to do with cybersecurity and data security. Oh, yes. Cybersecurity, data privacy, wire fraud. The crooks are creative. We've got a target on our back, so it's getting to the place we need to back up to the backup to the backup and ensuring that we've got contingency plans in place. It's not if this happens, it's when it happens because it's coming out fast and furious and we need to make sure that we're prepared when it comes, when a bad situation happens, that we have a plan in place to quickly get back up and continue the operations. Guys are consistently you know, shedding more light to this topic and giving recommendations. I think you have a webinar coming up on this topic with some good experts. It's being discussed at NS3 so that you're always trying to tool people up, make them aware of what the most common schemes are and how to tool up and best practices. Again, I like that, the backup, the backup, the backup. (laughs) (laughs) I think certainly that's a topic that isn't going away anytime soon and it's only going to actually ratchet up everybody being at a a high level of alert on this constantly, which is not anything you need when you're so fatigued and you're so busy and everybody's really on the edge of sanity. To add that to it can seem daunting, but not keeping a very close and vigilant eye on that is not an option either today, is it? Right, right. And that's when you're most vulnerable, when the little mistake makes a big difference. We have a new consumer privacy piece of regulation out of Colorado. Are you guessing that most states are going to have something in place in the next few years on this? Yes. We're just trying to keep up with the states and what they're looking at. You know, for those large organizations operating in multiple states, it's going to become more and more challenging to keep up with, from a compliance perspective, what you need in place in each state. Mm -hmm. It's just another element with more requirements at the state level. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. And then harmonizing them across states. Yes. It's a lot of fun. So what are some of the things across your publications that you're going to be focusing on or at least curious about over the next few months so people can get an idea of the sorts of things that you hope to cover? Well, we've got RON and RIN regulations. New York adopted their own version. Fair lending is going to be a big thing that we're keeping an eye on. You've got the moratoriums that are expiring, the housing market in general with the inventory and 
where everything's coming from. And then the possible confirmation of Rohit Chopra coming in as the CFPB director. You know, who knows what the enforcement world's going to look like in a few months once these confirmations go through. So we're staying close to that. And, you know, across the board, really anything that impacts the real estate transaction, we're keeping an eye on those and trying to keep everybody educated as quickly as possible. Even though we don't have a major RESPA change or major trade change right now, there's so much else going on largely at the state level and in the market level that I love having you guys keep in touch on on all of it for me and disseminating the information because, you know, again, when you're so busy coming and going, you have to have a trusted source where you can get that industry information, monitor cases going through the system, monitoring what's coming out of DC. And I agree the new CFPB is going to be something really interesting to watch and fairness, which we've talked about on this podcast before, a little bit of how does, say, fair lending or fair housing impact title and settlement. It's not a dotted line. It is a direct line. So it's something we all have to be aware of and stay in tune with. So as an avid reader, I want to say thank you for bringing all of the good information to people. You guys cover it so well and you give it to your subscribers in a digestible way and when something is even more critical and we need to go deeper on you guys are very quick to have a webinar or something like that so from all of us who benefit from the work you do we want to say thank you very much well thank you i know that you've been a source for our publications for many many years and you know we're only as good as the information that comes into us the tools the ideas that are coming from the industry that you'd like us to research and take a deeper dive into. So we always appreciate the communication both ways. Well, we're going to give listeners to the podcast a link to get to you so that if they have suggestions of things to be covered or questions that they would like to see you address in coverage, they'll be able to submit those to you. I will keep reading avidly. Look forward to our program content in NS3. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me and I'll see you in Naples soon. Thanks, Erica. We are really looking forward to seeing everyone in Naples and learning from the experts. I'll be there, friends, and hope to bring you some more engaging guests who are out on the front lines of today's pressing issues. Until next time, try not to curse your multi-factor authentication, because those few seconds spent waiting for that text message can make all the difference in your information safety. Remember, every place is short-staffed right now, so be kind to all of those who show up. Be proud of the fact that you're a super spreader of the American dream. And always remember that what you do really matters.